Welcome to the Next Door Neighbors podcast, a podcast where we talk about all things neighborly. Here are your hosts, Alex and Irina Mazukin. What's up, my man? So you're actually back in Joshua Tree then, huh? Oh, I'm back full time. I haven't been back to Oklahoma, which is where I'm from. I'm from Oklahoma City. I have not been back to town in like eight months. It's been a long time, but well, la- I'm an official time- local out here now. Are you? You're paying taxes now? <laughs> Unfortunately, dude, the income tax out here is like it's like 10 percent state. Yeah. Well, California is wild like that. It's a wild place. Um, last time I think we had you on the podcast. First of all, this is actually a special occasion because you're the first uh, back to back guest. All right. I did this, so well, I got the call back. Dude, the first one, if people haven't seen that first one, people need to go check it out. I think it was fire, dude. It was such a good episode. I remember uh, that conversation a lot, actually, and it really was, I don't know, it had impact on me. I remember we talked a lot about scaling, taking on new responsibilities, but sort of like just embracing the fact that you can't do everything yourself right. and that uh, letting go of some of the responsibility and trusting people that might actually be better than you uh, to kind of like handle what they're good at. And yeah. uh, like not long after that, I remember I did a, a little shoot for Home Depot. It was a show we did called How to Undo. I but, saw. Congratulations. On that. It was sick. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. But that conversation really was in a way prep for that, because for the first time I was surrounded by a crew of like 15, 20 people that, you know, they were relying on me to do a good take. But I just need to rely on them to get the audio, get the shots they need make sure the script is what the brand is looking for. All of these things that I don't need to worry about, um, you know, I needed to just let go so I can do what I needed to do well. And that conversation really was the perfect lead into it. And since then I've gotten an editor, uh, like I've hired my first person, uh, cranking out more content. So yeah, that was was a really, really good conversation. I remember gaining a lot from it, so I appreciate it. Yeah, no, likewise. In fact, um, I remember one of the things that stand out in my mind that you said, you said, if if this what we're doing as a machine, how do we keep feeding the machine? And you used a great example of Rachel Ray, right? Uh, like if, <laughs> if, she needs, if she needs to bust out more cooking episodes, well, she doesn't need to cook. We'll have somebody else cook. She's just doing the presenting of the cooking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's changed? What's changed since our conversation? Anything that relates to that? Yeah. Oh, 100%. So um, I think I started doubling down, right? I kept thinking, okay, how do we just keep busting out more content? And so we went from two videos a month to three. And let's go. The, let's go. And, and we, you know, we've, I've had my videographer and editor, and he's been killing it, uh, destroying it. He's extremely good at what he does. And, I, it, you know, when you take that creative aspect away, you, don't, you can just focus on just being present on camera and creating awesome content. Now, I did decide to scale up a little bit more because I was like, okay, so if how are we going to put more pizzas in the oven if this is a machine? <laughs> so I hired on a guy who would help me build. So perhaps he would be either, you know, it's two people doing something or maybe I start one project, film that part, and then he starts, you know, finishes up the other, the middle part of the project kind of behind the scenes. Essentially what Chip and Joanna do where like Chip will come and swing a hammer and then there'll be a hyperlapse <laughs> thing of like 12 of his crew members out there, you know, building. Yep. 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 So, so I try a little that. bit of that. I've seen him. I've seen him yeah. make some appearances yeah. in videos too. Yeah. And, and he's great. Uh, and I, and I, he was the perfect person because he had, um, his name is Tyler. He had yeah. excellent, uh, creative aspect, right? He's, um, a, a wizard at graphic design. He's been on production teams before, uh, and he's a builder too. So like, and, and not to mention, um, what you and I do, we, we, because we're constantly busting out content so often, uh, sometimes perfection has to take a backseat, right? Sure. Uh, yeah. And then yeah, it's each- got to be good enough for the video. 
Exactly. But then when you're living with it, you're like, oh, you're always staring at that one piece that like, you know, Facts. the paint run up. But he was, he is a perfectionist. And so it, it allowed for somebody else to take over that role. Now, hmm. why am I not doing that anymore? There was, <laughs> it's funny. I had this conversation with Ben. Okay. And, and, uh, I was talking about scaling. I think I called him on the phone. And Ben's, by the way, dude, huge shout out to Ben Ueda because that guy, <laughs> as as big as he is, he is the nicest guy in the world to like, I can't tell you how many times I was like, hey man, can I pick your brain and call you? He goes, sure, call me right now. I'm like, what? Yes. And I'm going to let you know, I because I've lived with him. We used to be roommates yeah. for a solid year, year and a half. He is that way with probably 15 people. So oh, how, how do you ben have that is, bandwidth? I was going to say, if Ben is that way with you, you're on a short list, and that means Damn. he likes you. So that's a Damn. good thing. Because he's not Damn. doing that for everybody. Trust me. I know. Right. Right. Well, it's funny. I think I think the day I, Ben and I became ride or die is, remember there was, we were, <laughs> I don't know if I should say this, but remember we were at a Home Depot event uh, in Atlanta, and there was I that I will altar. take your breath. I will take your breath. <laughs> ben got into like this, like kind of a side, like he was, him, he, he was like bumping shoulders with this guy and they look like they're about to get us an altercation. And then I see what, like what's happening. I come in there and I'm like shoulder to shoulder with Ben. And I'm yelling <laughs> to that guy that he's being held back. I was like, I will, you don't mess with my friends. I will take your last breath. Man, I was there from the moment. I was, I was there from the moment of its inception as that whole moment escalated. I'm going to oh, give Erin Spain a shout out. Erin Spain, yeah. she's in the content game. She was out there at Maker at, at WorkbenchCon. But she was yeah. just at the bar. She's just getting a drink. Very casual. And, oh, I'm going to tell the whole story. I think this is Do all it. my fault. Okay. Everything that happened, you're going to be happy to hear, is my fault. Shoot, okay. shoot. Let's do it. <laughs> I was talking to Erin Spain at the bar, casually, just chilling. And then a guy who's just like a little bit obnoxious, but also he's just really assuming that he's just hot shit. Like he is the yeah. guy. Yeah. And he comes over and starts and he's, like and, and he's not a young guy. He looked like he was in his like early 40s, maybe like late 30s. Absolutely. And Aaron's like she's super pretty, all that sort yeah. of stuff. So, of course, that guy comes over and he starts trying to spit game to her. But in a way, that's just I don't know, like people would call it misogynistic these days. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, w I just told him, like, hey, dude, chill. Like, let's not. We're all here as a group. You know, I'm, I'm over here being super calm about it. Now, and what is then, he doing? What is he doing to Erica? Is he is he trying? Because I think what I recall is he kept trying to buy her drinks and yes. and and then something about following her to the escalator or to the elevator or something like that. That's exactly what it was. So he kept trying to get her drinks, but she and I were just sitting there like talking. And he's like, "Let me get you a drink," and I and she's like, "I think I'm fine." And then he kept insisting, and I'm like, "Dude, she's good. Just we're uh -huh. here chilling. Let's not make this anything. Just go somewhere else." And then he didn't like that at all. And so then he started like posturing to me and I'm like, okay, you're going to make me do this. So I'm like, Ugh. so I have to stand up and get big in front of him. And then and you're, and, and I got to recall, like, here's the thing about you. I have never, you're the nicest guy in the world. <laughs> and I would never imagine you being so con. I wish, I wish I had the level of your confidence when I was, when I was younger, just to be sure. able to be like, Hey man, just take a chill. Like I, I have that now, but. Dude, I swear, like, if you've had this kind of confidence your entire life, like, dude, hats off to you. Because I don't I don't know if I could tell another, like, big guy, be like, hey, man, chill out. You know what I mean? Well, okay, so there's always <laughs> confidence in groups, for one. Like, I knew that Fact. I'm in a group with – I'm in a bar with 40 people because it's a hotel bar. We're in the lobby of the hotel bar with 40 people, and 36 of them are all my friends. 
So Fact. I'm okay in this scenario. I'm all good there. Okay. Um, not to say that I'm over here like trying to be tough or overconfident, but um, so yeah, I kind of like I'm like, dude, this is not what we're doing. And then some people get in between it, like I was expecting. I was just doing what I felt like I needed to do, and then it got separated. And then he goes to the the management of the hotel because he's apparently staying there all the time and really tries to like talk his way back into the bar because the bartender's kind of asked him asked him to kind of like. Okay. go back to his room or something. And so this time he comes back and really makes it a point to like, just be an asshole about it. And so this is when other people started getting involved. I got like separated in a way that I'm appreciative for. And then this is right where like everyone else started to kind of take over. Cause I feel like you were there. Ben was there. Yep. Maleki was there. Everyone had it handled. I'm not there to get into a fight. I was only right. stopping him from like trying to hit on Aaron. Yeah. And so long story short, things escalate. And who can we count on to turn into a little bit of a rage monster? It's Alex. <laughs> we know for a fact Alex will turn this into a moment oh, to remember. You give me <laughs> you give me a little bit of whiskey too about that? Dude. So you take it from there. That's the story from my perspective. I'm right. sorry I got it started, but now no, you know no. better than me. It's it's perfect. So I I, I kind of didn't know. I actually thought it was Rachel Metz. I also shout out to Rachel. Um, I thought it wasn't even Aaron that is part of the attention with this guy. I thought it's Rachel who. I is, think she was involved. I think we were all kind of in a little clip. Okay. Yeah. And so the way I registered again from from a distance, I think Maliki and I were like uh, talking strategies and what what's working, <laughs> what's not working. Of course, right? Exchanging ideas, and then I'm seeing something over there. And then um, Rachel comes up, no, Aaron comes up to us as me, Maleki, and I are talking. And she's like, hey, we're just going to stand here because it's weird over there. There's some guys. We're like, oh, yeah, cool, cool, cool. We're pretending. So it looks like she's trying to shake him off. I don't know at what point that happened, if that guy already went to management or not. But This, you know, is, she, this is, okay, so where we're at in the story is right uh -huh. where I left off. Like, ah. I, I got separated. Um, not that I got separated, but like people pulled me away. And so I ended up talking to some other people. I would just got sidetracked talking to people. And yeah. then Aaron and Rachel went and found you guys. Cause they're like, okay, yeah. who's going to be big. Boom. Y'all yeah. are big. Yeah. So, so she's kind of hiding with, you know, between Maliki and I, and, uh, <laughs> and so I'm seeing by the elevators, uh, to the left of the bar, I'm seeing Ben kind of with his <laughs> hands spread out. And you see this other guy, both in a very confrontational kind of setup. And I was like, Maleki, we're going over there. So like I bust out over there and I just remember going like stepping in front of Ben. I go like, hey, you don't mess with my friend. <laughs> and then I've, I'm not realizing and I have a loud voice. Right. So I don't yep, sometimes yep. know how loud I am. And the next thing you know, there's this big circle of about what, 40 of our friends or content creators. Uh, and then I decided to take it from out of 10. And I was like, no, 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 this puppy can go up to 12. Absolutely. Then I just, and I don't know if it's just because at this point I'm maybe like seven months into jiu-jitsu. So I think all of a sudden I'm one of the Hicks and Gracie's kids or something. You're like, please give me the opportunity to use what I've been learning. This is why I'm in these classes. I just got decent at arm bars. Let me put a guy in an arm bar. And it's funny because right before I left for this trip, I was asking my professor to teach me the flying arm bar. So I was like, I've oh. always wanted to, from a standing position. To <laughs> just catch him. Just Ray Mysterio him, dude. <laughs> dude, it is so funny for guys. Like, you give a guy, like, a Groupon and, like, five classes to any martial arts. Oh. All of a sudden, he thinks he's a killer. <laughs> hey, 
Hey, so, but it's enough to get you going for the next six months, probably. Oh, 100%. No, 100%. Yep. Yeah. No, got I, I got my blue belt, and, you know, after that. Oh, it's, congrats, it's, man. That's awesome. Th thank you. Thank you, man. And so at that point, I was like, we could take this puppy to 12. And so already yep. my voice is going. My adrenaline <laughs> pumping. I was like, I will take your last breath. I yelled that from the back. And the funny thing is... <laughs> I had a little feedback, a huge hotel, fancy hotel lobby, and I have this feedback where some people kept silent in the middle of this huge mob of people, and yep. then maybe 25% of the people had like a delayed giggle or laugh, yes. and I didn't understand <laughs> why that was until everything got diffused, and somebody was, they took the line that I said, they took the line that I said, I will take your last breath, thinking I'm going to choke you in a submission, to them going, I will take your breath away. <laughs> Bro, everyone assumed that's what you thought for one. And anytime I tell this story, because I tell this story like more often than it's my WorkbenchCon story or right, from that Home Depot event, whatever it was. That's the story I always choose to tell. And every time I do not say I will take your last breath. I forgot that. I always go, I will take your breath. <laughs> I have to say I was one of the people with a delayed laugh, but the delay become or, sorry, the delay comes because you took it to 12. At this point, I didn't know anything was happening again. I thought, because I got separated, he got separated, I, I, and then I started talking to other people. A few minutes go by, I thought everything had been handled until all of a sudden I hear shouting. And like, if this was, if it was closed captioning, it would be like indistinguishable yelling. And then the next thing I hear is, I will take your breath. And like, everyone stops what they're doing. Like, there's ultimate silence for one moment. Oh my god! And then, but nothing happens. Like the uh, yeah. dude decides he doesn't want it. No, 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 no. He it. got angry. No, he got angrier. I specifically remember because at that point, some of the hotel lobby was standing, uh, hotel staff. No, I mean he standing. didn't want it. And he wasn't gonna fight. Oh, he wasn't gonna fight. I, like this was the moment where, like, if you're gonna fight, he's gonna punch right. you right there. Right. Like, that's right. what it that, was. Yeah. And so, like, everyone realized it was all words, and it became yeah. really funny. <laughs> It was it was one of those moments where uh, you can't top when somebody says, I will take your last breath or I'll take your breath away. Like, because no. you can't go, oh, yeah, do it. Like, you don't follow <laughs> up with that. You just kind of go. You're supposed no, you to either, leap. You leap into yeah, each other. You fight or you don't fight. You either fight then or it's not happening. That is your moment. Yeah, exactly. Now, now he decided he didn't want to fight, but some it's he. I specifically remember when I yelled that I saw his anger go even higher because before it looked like from assessing the situation, he looked more irritated with the staff that how he was treated, whatnot. But then when I yelled that, he got like you could see he got getting animated and flailing in his arms, and then the hotel staff at that point was holding him back, and then I think they escorted him out. Yeah, yeah. So at that point, I remember. I don't know if I'm trying to be like Tim Kennedy and be like, all right, special ops. We need to like protect the women. Because <laughs> then Jen Woodhouse was with us and her husband wasn't with us. And I'm good friends with her husband, Adam, who's a military guy. And uh, I was like, Jen, I'm going to walk you to your room. You know what I mean? Like, and, yeah. and so my wife's with me. So I take her to the room and, uh, and I think she came out later or something. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> the next day we get on the bus, the Greyhound bus to go to the Mercedes Benz stadium in Ooh. Atlanta. Remember, right? Which the, is extra fancy, extra fancy. They treated us really good. And yeah, I remember sick. walking onto the Greyhound bus in the morning with everybody from our group <laughs> there and everybody's like smirking and giggling and like teasing me. You're like, I'll take your breath away. And I was Dude, like, it's funny. It's like, I should have had a better line. <laughs> it's like some it is school. Exactly. I remember at that point because when Ben 
like was kind of having this little standoff with this guy. I remember uh, Jesse, uh, his sister, next to yeah. him. And I remember because I've never really connected with Jesse. Well, I was we I, we kicked, we all kicked it off at um, the last um, Maker Ranch, Make Maker make Ranch, yeah. And uh, I remember getting on the bus, and uh, it was like Ben, you, and then like Jesse behind it. I go, I was like, I fist bumped to Jesse. I was like, "What's up, War Buddy?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like we've been through it, mm-hmm. dude. What an event, though. I'm excited for the world to open back up and do some more things. Ah, man. I, it's weird. Like, do you feel like we're ever going to be doing badass events like that? Um, I don't know. I hear they're trying to organize a new workbench con. Mm-hmm. We'll see what's up with that. But it's just hard because if I was the person that's putting the money into any of this, I would be yeah. really skeptical on whether we're in a place to be able to execute six, eight, nine months from the time it takes to start planning. That's fact. Because it's like that's- you got you to gotta start shoveling out money and hope that there's not something that keeps you from being able to do your event but dude i'm just holding out i'm holding out on texas and florida you know yeah yeah yeah. like yeah, if the, you plan an event ones. in texas or florida i guess that's yeah. reliable it's a but wild I wouldn't place plan one out yeah i wouldn't plan one in uh like california or something oh sure you know and one of the things i've noticed and not to turn this into like a uh, a COVID and people and vaccine. Kind oh, of stuff. no, 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 no. But, but one thing I, I'm already starting to notice, like I'll hear some of these micro uh, uh, get togethers that are being orchestrated in certain States, right? Like mini maker meetups kind of thing. Yeah. And, and some people are kind of taking it a little too, I don't know. We, I guess, we, I, I, don't, I guess they're coming from the perspective of being cautious, but sometimes it's received from like, um, like, Hey, um, this event um, only if you're vaccinated, um, and then Are you talking about the Oklahoma City event? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Bro, I didn't go to it. I'm not getting that vaccine, dog. I, <laughs> hell yeah. I'm telling you, dude, you're going to Oklahoma where no one wears the masks. Keep really? your politics back home. Right. Everyone should right. just be able to go and have fun. Like, Oklahoma the- is the place where that's not a factor. Like, they have no mask mandate. There's yeah. no rules. Yeah, yeah. And the, it's like other people trying to bring that there, you know? Yeah. It's not that it- it's there. It's just other people are doing it. Yeah. And it was, it's so it's strange, like to see some of our friends and acquaintances um, and colleagues kind of going like, hey, we're doing this thing. Please pr- bring proof. And I'm like, OK, Bro, I'm telling you, I would have gone otherwise. Really? It's yeah. in my hometown. I would have given yeah. everybody the Oklahoma City tour. Really? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I like to me, I was like, it was weird. I was like, man, I want to come. But like, I don't want to come when it's like this weird. Like, yep. it, you know, it's as like, I don't care if you get 12 vaccines, nine boosters and wear three masks. You do your thing. But then exactly. don't judge me for mine. And I, I know that I just had one of the brands I'm working with. And part of the uh, contract uh, that we're signing is like through the year. OK, we'll do this many videos. But we also want to do a collab where you come shoot the video for our channel. Right. Right. So I was right. like, well, kind of what you did at Home Depot. Perfect example. Yeah, right. For sure. And. And I was like, yeah, no problem. And then they're like, hey, so we got with our team. And in order for you to come here, we just want to make sure, like, um, you can only come here if you're fully vaccinated. And I'm like, well, I'm not. And I didn't make it weird. I go, but they kind of made it weird. And I was like, oh, I'm not. She goes, okay, cool, cool, no problem. Uh, Would you be okay if we came down to you with a crew? You know, right. and I was, I was like, yeah, no problem. We can shoot in my shop, you know, like, no problem. And then she came back again. She was like, well, turns out they changed the rules now that – anybody with any of our production has to be so they're like can you and your videographer shoot it and then send us the unedited content and then our editors will put it together so like i'm starting to see these like weirdness of like logistics so I was like how do we do events where people just don't feel weird and just go based off of their own conscious decisions well i think it's what someone like you or someone like me just believes like fundamentally where yeah. 
if you want to take it, cool. If you don't want to take it, I don't care. Because if the vaccine protects you from it, then you're protected. Why are you worried about anyone else? Like, genuinely, people go jumping out of airplanes, and it doesn't bother me, even though Mm -hmm. I know it's dangerous for their health. So I'm not really concerned with it in that regard, uh, knowing that if this vaccine is as Listen, if this vaccine is what they say it is, we'll let time play that out. Mm -hmm. But if it's actually effective and it doesn't cause any side effects and everyone's good and everything's happy, great. No one one has a problem. You're protected. Stop worrying about me. I'm not asking for you to be concerned. Well, I don't know where that tagline came. And I don't know if you're as frustrated with this tagline as I am, which is funny from my perspective sharing this because I've worked in, in healthcare. Like I've put people on ventilators. That was my gig for the longest Dude, time. No joke. It, and so, so it's like, to me, it's like the same way as like, so the one tagline I don't get is the marketing of um, protect yourself and your community. And I'm like, but what does my community have to do with it? Because you can have, uh, uh, you know, they're showing that kids can spread it to other people. They're showing vaccinated people can spread it to other people. They show that unvaccinated people spread. So what is the whole thing of a protecting the community? I'm all on board if you're talking about, hey, just make sure that you don't have it as bad so that you don't break down the hospitals. Okay, that Uh is actually a legitimate thing. But apart from that, I was like, how am I protecting the community? If, if you're vaccinated, fantastic. If you believe that it's strong and good for you, fantastic, good on you. But to me, I'll be honest with you, I have a prediction that are the future of maybe 10 years, maybe even more, this is what it, we're going to have. We're going to have some kind of variant that comes out and it, we're just going to have to scramble for another vaccine and another booster and another thing. So that to me, I'm yeah. like, I'd rather focus on strengthening my immune system, dude. I, I'm, I'm 33 years old. I take, I take a handful of, you know, vitamins a day, vitamin C, vitamin D, quercetin, zinc, you know what I mean? Fish oil, just because I'm like, Hey, I don't know what's going to happen when I'm 40. Maybe there's going to be a new variant, you know? Yeah. I think it's just one of those tough things that you know, you can always give people grace for any kind of willful, willful or unwillful ignorance that they might have. But it's real difficult once you start researching the effectiveness of the vaccine, the spread of uh, like asymptomatic spread, and then also yeah. the number of hospitalizations of vaccinated individuals that there are that, yeah. you know, I'm not signing up to take the vaccine. I'm signing to take up the vaccine and potentially infinite boosters forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, I just feel like there's like a lack of transparency and honesty that I'm not super excited to sign up for. But I think everyone can do anything that they want to do. And I really encourage that because I have a certain set of risks and they're really, really low. I'm pretty healthy and I'm 25, 26 years old. Plus, I do all of those things. You know, I'm taking D3 and zinc. I'm doing everything that I need to do in terms of not being deficient in the important uh, comorbidity vitamins and minerals oh you know? you're 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 a vitamin d3 guy not a d5 you you strike me as a d3 not a five i'm a d3 i don't know much about d5 it's hard to get apparently i've never even heard of it uh, well dude um i actually landed on a legitimate uh supplement company because you've heard Rhonda patrick's stuff about how a lot of the vitamins you, your body doesn't even absorb them like it, there's so many fillers and fluffers that and waxes but yeah um, yeah thorn is a legit one t-h-o-r-n-e and you get it on amazon And I've had some legit dietitians tell me they're like nutritionists. They're like, that's a legit one that sometimes you have to have like a dealer's license to like sell it in your store, but you can get on Amazon. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. I just got on the uh, like athletic greens 
Hell yeah. I got that. And then they, they got like this little dropper of immune support. It's like a little booster and it's just like it is D3 and then a couple other things. I don't know if it because it's because I'm a huge Rogan fanboy. Um, but Same. every I, I, I really want to try the the, uh, the, 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 the 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 rapid IV uh, drips, the, the, the vitamin drips, you know what I mean? The vitamin, not, yeah. not, not just a regular IV, but it's like they have a, apparently this a bag of like highly concentrated vitamins and uh, nutrients that you just hooked up to an IV and let it go. Are you talking about that thing that's supposed to like turn your insides into like a ball? Like it's supposed to be like if you get the drip really aggressively, it like yeah, yeah, hurts yeah. basically. But allegedly if you smoke weed before it, it's not bad. Hey, there you go. That's what Rogan hey, was saying. Cheers to that. I got, hey, I got it. I brought a beer to the show, and I figured you'd like this one. I like it. Natty Ice. I like that. Natty Light. Look at Natty you. Natty Light. Oh, yeah, the American, Ameri the Patriot edition. I Look like at that. that. Yeah, I thought it. I thought it would just be on the box, but it's on the whole can. It's wrapped in American flags and eagles. Well, you know what? You and I are are, are bonded by by needle because you and I are both eagle guys. I think you got one on your leg. I got one on my forearm. Yes, sir. We're just a bunch of Khabibs, you know, the eagles. Yeah. I'll take it, man. I'll take it. So what's new in the world of building for you? Like, what are you, uh, what are you working on currently? The house is coming together. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I wanted to finish off when we were talking about, so oh, I okay. got a guy that helped me build, and it was awesome. And then I was talking to Ben. We, man, we had a crazy segue here. Uh, and then I was talking to Ben, and Ben's like, what is the hardest part of your job right now that you're doing? Mm. And I was like, okay, great question. And I'm like thinking, I was like, well, I have the, the best job in the world. I, I get to build for my house. Brands are paying me money to invest real estate in my own house. Like, it can't get better than this. And I was like, okay, what could it be? And then I realized I have a certain level of anxiety come every day for production because I have to now think, instead of what I'm doing for the day, I have to think for, prof uh, for efficiency what this helper of mine um, is doing. Yeah, you know you're what I mean? Three people's days. Exactly. And then materials and all that stuff. So you're like, technically, it's, your life's supposed to be easier, but you're almost project managing. And I realized it gave me a level of anxiety where sometimes I was like, I don't want to shoot today. But then I was like, well, wait, but you can just say, hey, let's take today off and go back tomorrow. So I realized that was adding to it. So um, it kind of worked out where he started working more on his uh, uh, side hustles where people would hire him to do like, he had like awesome gigs. Like he would do beer labels for like companies. Like he designed some oh, pretty high end stuff. So his, he's like, Hey man, I, I can't really help you out uh, for a while because my, my, you know, I'm busy with these side projects. And I go, well, this is perfect because we just finished all the major stuff in the house, like floors, you know, stuff that takes a long time. And uh, so I was like, Hey, this is perfect. Cause I, there's kind of no, no work for you right now, but that anxiety went away. So it's like, now it's me and Kyle, my videographer. And it's nice where it's like, he he has like introverted kind of tendencies and I want to just focus on what I'm making. And sometimes I don't know he's there. He's like a fly in the wall, which is awesome that I just focus on the. And he has never done this thing where he's never been like, hey, can we retake that shot? Or, hey, can you walk with this board one more time? Because I'm like, he he just captures it where he needs it and then he makes it work. So, yeah. And that's the feel of your show. Like it yeah. feels that way in a way that's authentic where. Yeah. Yeah, like you watch a HTV, you watch a HTV show, and you can tell everything's like multiple yeah. takes and things like this. But when you're like moving, grabbing, throwing something down, and delivering your dialogue at the same time, that's better than if it were like scripted or just stationary. I think. I think it's fun. I, I love the way you described it. You you said show because what people like you, me, Maleki, um, a lot of us are doing is we've got we're we've transitioned out of this bubble of. I just have hyperlapsed voiceover stuff 
and you don't know my personality and I don't know if we could call it a show before. Before it used to be just like I have these tutorial videos. Then right. now we have evolved this thing that if if we wanted to, and I always talked to Ben about this because I was like, hey, can we make this work? Whereas like, can we could sell it to Netflix if you wanted to. You know what I mean? Like if you bundle up a series, you could be like, because you're paying for my personality on the screen. For sure. And I love that you called it a show because I think they, we've, we are transitioning now to shows. Yeah, I imagine. And dude, just the time scale of it. I remember whenever I started YouTube, I had a rule that a video couldn't be longer than like three and a half minutes, I want to say, mm -hmm. because this whole algorithm that YouTube has did not value like watch time in minutes. It only mattered like how many clicks you were getting and then whether or not people were clicking away. Mm -hmm. But the length didn't really matter. Like they didn't value a view of a video that was longer than 10 minutes any higher than a video that was longer than three minutes because they hadn't done those mid-roll ad breaks yet. Uh-huh, uh-huh. This is so, back in the day. This is back in the day. So for YouTube, they actually incentivized shorter videos because they only had the option to play an ad before a video or after the video. So they could fit in four videos, four short videos, in the same amount of time it takes to do one long video. So they get mm. four opportunities to serve ads. Yeah. But then that completely inverted whenever they started doing mid-roll ads to where if your video was longer than 10 minutes, now it's a video longer than eight minutes. Um, the, the, the ads that YouTube bakes in, like the little pre-rolls or the afters, like they'll, they'll stop your video halfway through a, a certain point and do a little skippable ad or whatever. And so yeah. that completely changed the game. Because before, yeah. we were, like I was doing best practice. I was doing what the algorithm says. But then they changed it up. And now they're saying, hey, we want the same thing that you used to pack into three to six minutes to be 10 or more, but I'm not going to make my content less dense when it comes to like information. So I've got to figure out how to add some entertainment. I've got to figure out how to add some creative variety in what I'm building and how I'm shooting it uh, to like make it more interesting. And then just scaling up the projects, I think helps a ton too. Like you just got done doing that whole bathroom. Yeah. And that was a couple of episodes and a yeah. couple of long episodes, you mm -hmm. know, I just got done doing this bedroom. That thing was 32 minutes long. The whole, did you do one video or did you do multiple videos? I did one video, 32 minutes long and it's got, uh, it'll hit a million. It'll hit a oh, million. Oh, for sure. Well, that's the downfall. So with me, the, the thing that I'm giving up by having, mul so multiple episodes makes my life easier because we don't have to look for content. I don't have to jam pack a lot of time into one episode or into the whole thing. I don't have to, uh, I could put out more videos. I could put more sponsors on it. You know what I mean? Like there's more opportunities. The downfall is the ability to go viral is off the table now, right? Like that video. Can, In ways. Like, right. They can't, right? Because you have three of them. You like, you, you can't. Um, as opposed to one video has a higher chance of actually going viral. So that's like one thing I'm giving up. Um, yeah. So makes, I, oh, go for it. Sorry. I didn't so, mean to cut but, you off. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, but it, it, I think it's a slow burn because you have to almost like, I've always wanted to have an audience that is like, like a ride or die, like a demolition ranch kind of audience where they're like, dude, whatever you create, you can go start another channel tomorrow. We're there <laughs> for you. And I think yeah, you have big to. Time you have to cultivate that. So like, yes, the viewership are a lot lower on three videos as opposed to one. Uh, but at least you're kind of creating people who are like, I want to come back. And I, so like, I want to come back later. And, and if, so we just started this thing where we on a Patreon, which we just started this, but I took Schultz's advice where they have, um, uh, um, unedited, not unedited, what are they called? The extended version of a video. So yeah. my vide my videographer, what he'll do is like when he'll edit, he'll come from like four hours of content and bring it down to three and two. But once it gets to the one hour mark, 
we now take a piece of content that has a lot of information, but it's like an hour long. And for the ride or dies, they can ah, watch that on Patreon with ad awesome. free, ad free. And guess what? It gets to be released earlier because it's not condensed to an 18 minute video yet. So yeah. people can watch videos a week before they go live. Yeah, that's funny. You're actually earlier on in the edit. So you get to export that and then keep working yeah. on it. No awesome. added work. No added Dude. work. Yeah, and that's the way to do it, man, is you got to like make your content have more legs or the time you're putting in, make it go further. And the Patreon model that the podcasts have figured out, whether it's between doing an extended show or a bonus weekend episode, things like that, man, there's a lot to it. Uh, I'm curious to see how it plays out for you. I know Rachel just started a Patreon as well, and she's like a month into it. Mm -hmm. And you already see like, okay, now you imagine this kind of success over 12 months. And you're like, holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. This is, um, this is something. I'm definitely not, you know, I, the problem with my Patreon is I used to push my Patreon hard and I would put it on, like, give them the, the producer credit, you know what I mean? In the end, right? Like, oh, all yeah, yeah. Page, 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 Patreon supporters. And then I started, like, hating that because I was like, I forgot to add this person on there. It felt a little too tacky to me personally. So I was like, I don't want to do that. So then I kind of shut my Patreon down. Then again, listening to Flagrant 2 podcast, listening to Delia's podcast, and I was like, this is brilliant because you guys are giving up one extra episode and there it's the extended version. Now, I don't think I have the bandwidth to put out an extra episode specifically for Patreon, but as we're all seeing, and I don't know if you're seeing it the same way as a lot of us are, like we're seeing viewership decrease on, on YouTube, right? Like, I don't know if you are, but uh, it, there's, a, there's a significant droppage. Are you seeing that on your end? Uh, I know what you're talking about. I'm in, uh -huh. I'm always fluxing right now. Uh -huh. I'm on a wave back up, but I Are have you? been on a wave down. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I've been still on the same wave down and Maleki and I were talking the same thing. He's experiencing the same thing. And you know, you keep hearing some people, either the, the, the platform's not do is in their favor or, or the algorithm's not in their favor, or perhaps something horrible happens and you get canceled. Right. One thing I notice is what can't be taken away from you if, if you have something behind a paywall that's right. completely yours, completely separated, and you're like, I don't care about the brand money. Like, this is coming in from that side of things, you know? Yeah. So. I hear that times a thousand. And I don't know if there's like v validity to the idea of being able to like completely cut away sponsors, because I know that's a lot of people's idea going into it. I don't think that that's necessarily possible. But the idea of just having more creative freedom and knowing, hey, maybe just one project a month or the time that it takes to do one project a month. We've got this Patreon money to play with. Let's mm. do something that is more experimental. Let's do something that might lead to a, a piece of content that uh, is viral, but a little outside of the box. You know, I know Maleki does that sort of stuff all the time. Not necessarily that it's Patreon that's yeah. causing him to do it, but I always look at John Maleki and he's always throwing like a weird tentacle out there to see if something sticks to it. And then when mm -hmm. it does, he's like the first person to double and triple down on it. Yeah, I definitely respect people when they, they experiment with content and not just like stay in the same lane and be like, oh, I'm afraid to move out of here. But I can see how Patreon would allow you to do that more because when you're taking sponsors, you know, you want the videos to do well and you also want to do things that are creatively fulfilling, but you really find a compromise of reliable content. The more content you make, the more you know what people are kind of ready to expect from you. And you know, like, okay, this idea has legs, but this idea really has good potential. So you prioritize it. Um, especially when you want the brand to get a good video out of it and all this sort of stuff. But if yeah. you're not really focused so much on that sponsorship aspect on some of the content, yeah. you know, it just leads to some cool experimenting, I imagine. 
Yeah, you know, one of the the like the first time I had like I was able to take the biggest like refreshing breath of air was when I stopped working with brands to try to integrate their product into a thing and and just did ad reads and I used to think ad reads were like they were they're they're tacky, they 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 nobody wants to watch your videos, your audience retention drops down. But there's a way to do it specifically like in the beginning parts of your videos where you're you're still at the apex of that bell curve and you just bust it out. You're like, hey, yeah. somebody somebody needs to pay for this video. The brand paid for the video. You're like, cool, let's go back to just like just having the creative freedom. And that's how I've been really trying to embrace it too, where it's saying like, yo, thanks for the support. Back to the build. Like yeah. we're just going to give a thanks to the sponsor and move on. Like yeah. um, every once in a while I work with a brand where they do like integrate. Like I just got done working with Scotch Painters Tape. Yeah. So it's like, of course, that works its way into a project. But I know what you mean where it's like, I just want to make it concise, effective for the brand, but let the viewer know that like, we're not going to waste your time. We're going to do our best to make it entertaining. Like if I can think of anything funny, I'm going to do it. Yeah. But, but realistically, you know, we're, it's, it's treating it like a show. It's, it's that same idea going back to it where no one gets mad about a commercial break in TV, but it's been standardized and they know what to expect. So maybe yeah. there's a way of developing this consistent way of whether it's at the beginning of the video or in the middle of it, just letting the audience know like, Hey, it's never going to be too long. It's never going to be too salesy, but I'm going to do my best. And then we're going to well, get back to the build. Well, the salesy part, I think I have an objection to that because I love, I love when you watch like, again, you and I, we consume the same content of these stand-up comedians, right? Yeah, yeah. And I love, I love when they do their ad reads. They take it to the next level of salesiness and cheesiness, but it's it's comical, right? Yes. So like Theo Vaughn, I love what Theo Vaughn does. Theo Vaughn goes, he literally starts his ad read going, "All right, it's time to pay the bills." Okay, yep. you know what I mean? And then, yeah. And he gets it, and people kind of receive that. He go like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." Like I get it. You have to do this in order to make sure you can produce free content for people. Bill Burr, yeah. Theo Vaughn and Tim Dillon. Those yeah. three make the funniest ad reads. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, but, but even Schultz's, Schultz's was like, yeah. he'll, he'll talk about blue chew, you know, penis pills. And he's like, guys, listen to me. The only reason I'm good at what I do is because I take blue chew. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're like, yeah, yeah. I know you don't take blue chew. <laughs> yeah. Schultz is hilarious. He goes, so this is what you're going to do. You're going to go to blue <laughs> on everything. He's like, you want Raycon? Yeah. Well, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go best. to Raycon.com. <laughs> the best damn beats, the best damn headphones you will ever find. And you know what? Don't get one, get two, right? In case you yeah. lose them. Yeah, let and, me tell you what you're going to do. And I love that. I yeah. love that. I want to capture that because, like, yeah. it's going to make my ad rates easier. I'm not going to try to convince you of anything yes. that people receiving is like, oh, you're doing an act. That's all you're doing. Yeah, so in a way, it's like that is salesy in the way yeah. that it's effective, but it's not salesy in the way that it's, like, corny and old school. Right. It's right. just saying, like, you know what we're doing, so let's have some fun with it. Yeah. I, yeah, I hate it. I remember I always shared the same story, and you already know the brand, but I, I going back to, like, integrating their product. I had like this year long project, a video or, or a contract with a brand and it was a torch brand. Obviously you, you oh, already know. Okay. I've got a and couple I, guesses. Right. And it was, I was building this, which a video that performed exceptionally well You were well a torch bearer? I was a torch bearer. I was a torch bearer. <laughs> Hell yeah, baby. What's up? Did you get released from your contract just, by chance? Just, I did get released by my contract. Dude, I got released by my contract. <laughs> Okay, so for the listeners, this is truth. We had the same experience, I bet. I don't know your story, but I'm not butting in. Just whatever Alex says, uh, he's not exaggerating, and it's probably all true. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, well, like, okay, so I'm, I'm, I built this badass 
outdoor uh, grilling station, right? And it's yeah. like we got my the grill, the pellet grill. By the way, it was Ben's idea. I, and this is another why Ben is like one of the best people on earth. <laughs> he gives away fire ideas. Like he gives oh, yeah. away dimey dime piece of ideas. And he's like, he'll pitch it to you. You're like, you know what you should do? Like, I remember when we're in Atlanta, that's the same day that we got into this altercation. Ben and I were talking. I keep picking his brain because my YouTube channel didn't even take off at that point. And I go, um, he goes, you know what you should do? Uh, saunas are really popular right now because Rogan's always talking about saunas. You should build yeah. a sauna. And I go, oh, you're so right. And I, I literally go, hey, man, is it okay if I take that idea? He goes, yeah, man, whatever. You take it. So I took it. I built the video. Hit a million. Awesome, right? We go to work, we go to uh, uh, friend, Friendsgiving uh, over in Maker Ranch, right? Ben's talking to me. He goes, you know, Rogan's always talking about Traeger grills. You know what you should do? You should do an outdoor built-in thing. And I go, I literally go I, like this. Hey, man, are you okay if I take that idea? He goes, yeah, take it. Take it. Hit small. I, I think I'm on like 5.9 million on that video. Yes. But but so so he gives away just just he gives everything away. Bless his heart, man. The greatest human being on earth. So I'm building this badass pellet grill. And uh, it's got stone outside, concrete on top, and it's like a pergola style thing. So I have these poles coming up and this like trellis on top. And it's these four by four beams that are this pergola over it. And I'm like, crap, I have to, in order to make this video sponsored by this brand, I have to burn the shit out of it. So <laughs> here I am burning the crap out of this thing that looked so good beforehand. And, uh, but I had to do that to make it work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. What else are you going to do with a torch? What else? He, oh, dude, maybe you can make a cornhole video. Yeah, because yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And I did it. I had that <laughs> conversation. I didn't do it, though. But, yeah, I had that conversation where I was doing some projects where I was, like, soldering copper pipe yeah. to make some furniture pieces. But if I was doing that, in, if I was doing that only for the utility of it, I would probably just use glue. Mm -hmm. But soldering it did leave this, like, cool kind of, like, joining thing. It was neat. It's like but a patina. I remember... I remember struggling to find concepts for that because at first you're like, oh, okay, yeah, this is easy. And then you start thinking, you're like, what am I going to do with this butane torch for a furniture video? Right, right. Yeah. yeah. But I, re I remember one of the projects and I thought I used to make such bullshit projects. It was like, this is not even a searchable thing because I thought right. I thought I was like that guy from Make It Extreme where I'm like, I, I'm, you know, exceptionally high production and and incredible builds. I was making those bullshit crap where it's like a mallet with a chisel inside the handle. Like nobody's Googling, especially when you're a brand new channel. And I right. built I built this. It was semi good idea because it was roughly around tailgating and football season. But it was basically this outdoor grill cart where it has the traditional cooler. You know, makers will make like a a pallet wood or out of cedar, a built-in cooler, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, around it. But I, I took it to the next level where the top uh, kind of flipped open and there would be a grill in there. Mm -hmm. Again, the idea was, you know, semi-okay, the execution of it. So, again, <laughs> I had to – I wrapped this thing with cedar, beautiful cedar, and now I have to burn the crap out of it to toast it. Be like, Shushugibon, here we go. That's tough. That is tough. Yeah, but – yeah, going back to Ben, though, it's like, uh, you know, you and I both watch a lot of the same meathead content, I imagine. But this concept that, you know, similar people will have already heard of just like famine mentality being the opposite of the way you should be thinking. Uh, Ben's like a good testament to that. And it's a good reflection for me, too. Like an example outside of that, me and you both worked on the same. You and I both worked on the same Home Depot patio campaign for some paver patio yep. patterns. And we both crushed it. And we both crushed it. And that's the perfect example of. My video doing great, 
your video doing great and our videos doing better together because yours gets suggested from mine and mine gets suggested from yours depending on which one people watch first. Yep, yep, yep. And in the same way, you're gonna make a Traeger project and you'd make something unique and that video is gonna get views. Well, Ben's also made a couple Traeger videos too. And someone with the wrong mindset would say, I don't want anyone to make Traeger videos. I need to be the first person making these DIY Traeger videos. Instead, you know, you could make this cluster of videos yourself. You know, you can make five related videos all on your own, or you could know that the community at large can create a wave and we can all write it together. Like yeah. we can create a wave of DIY Traeger content. Like you can't post one Traeger video and make a wave. Ben can't post one Traeger video and make a wave. But if you have a couple, Ben has a couple, uh, uh, Maleki has one or two, all of a sudden there's like a whole, you know, uh, hours worth of content for people to watch. Yeah, exactly. And I, I love that you have that perspective of that community perspective, the, the, the rising tide raises all ships. And you've had it since the day that I met you. Since I, I tried. Mean, for, for the last six years, I feel like you and Ben have always had that. I, I think Maleki had that as well. I just never got in with Maleki, so I didn't know yet where, where he stood on things. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's just like just people who keep giving information away and not to mention befriend you really quick. Like, I mean, I've yeah. seen you, I, you know, you were always like you and Ben and a lot of other creators and Brad were always like these lions on top of a hill, like that are crushing it in the space. And these micro influencers like myself would come in and be like, I'm looking up to that person, but you know, we would be too shy to like talk to you guys or whatever. And, but you like, I remember seeing you at like maker events going and like chatting with these small account micro influencers. And I always just thought it was one of the coolest things ever. Yeah, man. I always tried to like, even in those situations, like start conversations. Obviously I'm receptive if anyone's uh, down to approach me, but just like walking into a circle and being like, what's up? I'm Mike. And just introducing myself to everybody for that reason. Like you are that person. And now you are you. Mm -hmm. I was the person you're describing. I was that I specifically started modern builds watching this maker content genre it was very small at the time you know there was like eight channels that you would consider in the bubble <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> we're gonna have to edit that had a loogie <laughs> okay no don't edit it it's all good at the time there's like eight content creators like on the hill like what you're talking about you know and some of them have like gone away now you know and new people have taken their place i'm totally willing to say that but i was looking at the landscape and i saw ben from homemade modern and i saw bob claggett from i like to make stuff the two of them had characteristics that i liked a lot i liked ben's design sense and i also liked his take on building the idea of saying i'm just going to meet people on their first 10 15 projects if they graduate beyond me and get new tools that's fine like there's content for them but i'm going to do everything that people just getting started have access to and then i looked at bob claggett from i like to make stuff and i just saw a little bit better production value um, Bob was willing to speak to the camera rather than only doing voiceover and it had like a little bit more like real time rather than only tripod time lapses and so I said oh I can be right in the middle of this like I don't have the personality for it now but I think that I can do a lot of what Bob is doing and I think that I have um, not like great design taste or anything like that but I can bring in some design elements that people will appreciate as well and that's an aspect that I took from Ben and then just broad aesthetic. And so from the jump, I was that. I was a, I, I was a hybrid of the two channels that I saw a middle ground for. 
And so it would just be silly for me to not see other people in the same scenario because I was hungry. Like I dropped out of college and I gave myself a one year window to make this what successful did you, what'd you, what'd or you I was going to have to be an accountant. Oh, that's uh, an accountant. Like I was going to have to go to college and be an accountant if I didn't make modern builds work. So I had the yeah. fuel, like I had the fire and I know that there's just as many people out there. So I'm not trying to make enemies. Like I, like the way me and Ben could have been enemies if Ben didn't do the first step of introducing himself to me and being nice and not even extending an olive branch, but just opening communication and being pleasant. Uh, like we commented back and forth on a couple of things. And then one day he sent me an email and I don't know if it was this email or a couple emails later. He was like, Oh, Ryobi's looking for some new people to bring on board. You want him to hook you up with some stuff? If not, no worries, but it could be cool. Good way to get in with the brand. I'm like, yeah, for sure. That sounds great. And that led to a Ryobi deal that was great. You know what I mean? I was with them for a year before I started working with uh, different brands. And so I was, I lived the example of it. So it'd be really silly for me to not know that there's benefit in doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, I see the people that are making waves and the people that I'm friends with naturally, I'm going to support them a thousand percent knowing that they're either going to be somebody trying to knock me off of where I'm at, or they're going to all be a part of the group and we're all just going to get famous together. Yeah. Yeah. Which is exactly but, what happened, right? Like yeah, everybody got famous together. Well, no, bro. We're not even there yet. We're like, we're like four years away, you know? You, you think but so? Like, dude, HGTV isn't producing another talent. They just don't have the reach. They they can't make a wave anymore. What about they Magnolia? Magnolia uh, is the new kid in town. That's what I'm saying. When? Eight years ago? Well, no, no, no. Magnolia. Didn't they come out with the network? Magnolia Network? Ex I mean, have you watched it? I have not. Uh, they signed. Uh, <laughs> uh, do, you know that guy, Doodad, that makes uh, Facebook videos like skits? 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 Oh, I actually do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah, it's yeah. like remodeling skit or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like all the stereotypical stuff. Uh, right. Very, very, very funny. And uh, and then so I saw they I saw their trailer. I didn't see what they're doing, but they're doing this kind of fun ex uh, arts experiment thing with paint and their kids in, in the garage, which. Right. It, 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 I, do, do you know the trailer that I'm talking about? I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the Where Magnolia they, they, Network trailer. Yeah. So they have they have this bucket of paint and the ground <laughs> is a canvas. It looks like it's like a garage. And it's a bunch of kids and dads, and they're surprising these kids by letting them spin all these buckets in this room, splattering all this paint. Yep. Listen to me. As an, a dad and somebody who has some high levels of clean freakness, I, <laughs> that gave me such a panic attack. And it also made me feel like the worst shitty father ever because I'm like, I would never make my let my kids do that. And I'm like, but why are they? Oh, because he's getting probably paid $50,000 to do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you wouldn't let your kids do that unless there was a production team to clean it up. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so what we we're just talking about, I think it's proof, like, they're starting a new network outside of HGTV because they already know it's dead. Mm -hmm. Like, they're yeah. already moving on to the next thing. The same people that own HGTV and DIY network are the same yeah. people that own Magnolia network. So they're already pivoting away from HGTV. Right. You're and you're then, also you're also reminding me of the season when Schultze was talking shit on Netflix and how Netflix is dying and it's just like a dying dying thing that's buying content is just trying to not die and the next thing you know the pandemic hits and he signs a killer multi million dollar deal with Netflix <laughs> and then he goes you know what they're actually pretty good they're doing fine yeah they do great work I'm a big fan actually <laughs> I take back everything I've ever said yeah that's a good point but uh, they just don't have the reach right so uh -huh. they have they're fragmented right like. 
how are you going to create a wave like what we're talking about? Um, between the videos that we're talking about, Traeger Grills, you get five Traeger Grill videos amongst our audience. That's three and a half million views. HGTV has nowhere to accumulate that on any one piece of content at all. And their on demand is so bad that if people don't watch it when it airs, it's pretty much gone forever. Yeah. And so they can have a captive audience of like 500 to 1.5 million people. But collectively, we're a network that's already got way larger of an audience than them. But they're creating the same shows with the same format with different uh, people in the same shoes. And no one's interested in it. Like Chip and Joanna Gaines did it the best you can do it. They Seinfelded it. Yeah. Like there was never a show like Seinfeld as good as Seinfeld. They just did it the best it can be done. And then you move on. You change the sitcom format and you do like Malcolm in the Middle now. You know, you take away the right. three wall set because it's done the best it can be done. Mm -hmm. And now the three wall set of the sitcom is like the artificial version. That's the HGTV version. Yeah. It's fake. It's scripted. It's too produced. We know that it's not real. The whole Malcolm in the middle, like we're going to shoot this in a real house so we can break the fourth wall. It makes it feel more real to people. This is the evolution of the sitcom. That's what we're doing now. We're taking mm -hmm. down the fourth wall and we're showing people what really renovating places is like. Good and bad. So, so are you saying are you saying there's there's a, a natural evolution of our own in-house network that we're creating as creators? Yeah, I think so. It's like it's inevitable that um, the cream is always going to rise to the top of whatever uh, group or situation you're in. But collectively, if you were to pair the group of us that all get along well and could work together, like mm -hmm. in a little hypothetical, we're yeah. bigger than HGTV easily. Yes, but well, especially when you put all the the viewership together, I I think it it yeah, the our numbers would crush them uh, out of the water. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> one thing I had uh, an an idea, and it's not my original idea. I got that inspiration from you, again. We consume a lot of stand up comedian podcasts, but uh, have you listened to Your Mom's House with Tom Segura and Christina? Oh yeah. Okay, so you already know, with, right? <laughs> oh man, there's so many good quotes from that that I want. <laughs> Uh, you didn't follow Proto. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I love that they created their own. And Brandon Schaub is doing the same thing with Thick Boy, but uh, he's yeah. still working on it. But um, they they have Your Mom's House, which has – it's a YouTube channel that has their podcast on it. They have uh, uh, Roach Motel uh, podcast on there. Doc, Dr. Drew is on there. Um, and I think they have one more. Or, oh, yeah, the where, comedian where, Ryan Sickler, I think, is his name. Ryan Sickler, yep. And then you have uh, Where My Mom's At, Christina. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's basically and oh, oh and two bears one cave, dude. And that show is so great. That's my it's, favorite. I mean, uh, yeah, Bert and Tom Segura are just so hilarious together. Oh, they're the dude. best. They're, they're so the, good. They're the best. And so within that, I, I asked Ben. I remember texting him. I was like, "Why don't we do that? Why don't we start our yeah. own Your Mom's House YouTube network and and get with creators." who are either on the up uh, on the come up right who are creating some crazy good content but they just don't have the audience and then promote them and have so because they're creating content for our essentially network on our youtube channel you know what i mean collectively yeah and you know it's kind of crazy because you go through this evolutionary process of understanding how to make your content perform and then you see people that have content that's good but they haven't learned all the lessons and how to get it in front of people yet in terms of working the algorithm and working it and, and and posting it in the right places, doing all the best practices. Mm -hmm. What you're talking about is like, you know, using the people that not have it all figured out. That's the wrong way of putting it. 
but the people that kind of got a grasp on it, using them as like the spearhead, but also using that as an ability to one, give people without that audience some attention, but also use those people's productivity and get more content. Cause it's yeah. like, it's great content. It just needs people seeing it. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, I I look uh, the same along the same lines of looking in the future of content. What's been really blowing my mind. First of all, that's why I'm trying to double down on podcasting, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I think a lot of us have started podcasts that that I some people I know. Um, and I mean, this is my second podcast. My first one, we had to shut it down because it, it it wasn't the right timing. It wasn't the right flow for what I have. I had to create something completely separate, and it just didn't work out. By starting this next or neighbors podcast, it's 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 two people, my wife and I, who are in the the social media space. We're bringing our audiences in, and how easy it is to create content for you and I have been shooting the shits for an hour now, and it felt like five minutes. You know what I mean, dude? It's been fun, <laughs> and people and people want to listen to it. And so you're like, how can I create? Like, how can I build something that my life only becomes easier, but I also want to enjoy? Because to be honest with you. You know, I'm 33. I'm still super young, but it's like you, I look at my age demographic and I don't know if I want to do this much work creating YouTube videos, renovating houses when I'm like 50. You know what I mean? Like, I don't right. I'd rather I, I hopefully by that point, I'm just investing in real estate, but I'd rather do podcasts when I'm 50. You know what I mean? So you're kind of like building something for the future. Yeah. It's like the dream is to always do content. Exactly. And that has no concrete direction because life shouldn't be that concrete that's something gary v talks about all the time that that risk or that fear of risk mm -hmm. the older you get saying like okay i'm 23 now i feel like i'm already locked into life well if you think you feel like you're locked into life at 23 turn 26 turn 30 turn however age but um it's really important to be able to like you know go for a new thing whether that's saying like, okay, I'm going to start a new style of content, start a new podcast. It doesn't matter because I can drop the things that don't work. Yes. And, if, and I'm and trying you, to do, go, go, go ahead. No, go, yeah, no, yeah. go, go, go. No, I was just saying, I'm trying to do that with uh, videos a little bit. Like in the past mm -hmm. uh, 10 videos, like I've had one where it's like a, like a tool review, like an Amazon, like really good buy. And it's mm -hmm. just like, is this worth purchasing or not? Uh, the second one was I had a repair that needed to get done in my house in the middle of a project. I called the plumber and he's like, yeah, I can be there tomorrow, but it'll cost seven fifty. And I know what he's going to do is going to take him in an hour and a half, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, great. Let's make this video. Yeah. I guess I'm going to title it something along the lines of plumber quoted me $750 dot, dot, dot. Then this happened, mm -hmm. you know, I'm just going to clickbait it, but yeah. I've never experimented with that before. But well, for one hiring an editor, like we talked about earlier, kind of gives a little bit of freedom in that, but that's what we all need to be doing. And that's uh, the thing that, you know, Gary Vee is kind of talking about is like, don't be afraid of taking on a new thing. If it doesn't work, drop it. But if it does, yeah. you didn't miss out. Yeah. Um, what's also interesting is guys like you and me, I don't think we can ever not create content. Like, no. I mean, think, think about it. Like, no. like to, to me, I, I remember I would have to like stop myself sometimes. Like if it's the weekend, I'm like, okay, try not to work. Like, yeah, I'll still do some honeydew chore list around the house. But sometimes I'm thinking like, oh, it'll be cool to like get this on a story, you know, of doing this and that. Like I was running, I was running a hot tub wire um, through my attic. Um, it was 150 feet of it. And it was hell, right? I was sweating, yeah. right? It was it was horrible. I'm hauling this thing that weighs like seventy five pounds of cable. Um, 
And then I was thinking, like, this would be such good content, whether it would be comical or or informatory. Informatory is not a real word, is it? I like it, though. <laughs> informatory. Hey, irregardlessly, it worked great. <laughs> I love it. Two guys that didn't finish college. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Um, but we're on the hill. We're on. Yeah, we're, we're upstairs, baby. Yeah. We're upstairs. <laughs> Dude, and so, uh, oh, here's the, you know the funniest thing about it? Like, my parents... My parents were never really the most. I mean, I'm sure they'll say otherwise, but I don't think they were ever that proud of me because of I'm the I'm, I'm the youngest of three, and uh, my oldest brother was the smartest one. I was always the one that like could memorize my multiplications tables, had you know D's and F's in school, parent teacher conferences because I was just a dumb kid, right? And I just realized that I just, I wasn't taught the right way how to learn. Yeah. Um, and so it was nothing but tears, and. Uh, I, I, I had a, my, I tried a lot of different stuff. Like I was a, uh, an intern at a stock brokerage firm that I was a personal banker that I got into some pyramid scheme, like Amway thing. <laughs> I was like all over the place. And my parents were just like, ah, oh, like, what are we going to do with him? Until I graduated, went into respiratory again, like nothing phenomenal. Like my oldest brother was still like, kind of like the, the pride and joy. And then my father <laughs> Didn't say that he was proud of me until like I remember I uh, I think it was this last year. Wow! Uh, I bought a I bought a I bought a boat right. Yeah. I bought a, yeah. I, I bought a wake surfing boat. By the way, you and Ben need to come out. We could we could surf out here. It'll be such a great weekend. I bought you know. a boat. My dad goes. He literally said that he goes like, um, of all the things you have ever done, whether school or or starting YouTube or whatever. Uh, this is probably the coolest thing. The fact that you own a boat. <laughs> and I was like, dude, I would have bought a boat a Let's lot earlier. Go. <laughs> That's what this was all for. I got the boat. <laughs> I'm on a boat, baby. Man, it's funny. Wow. Yeah, I mean, some parents are tough to impress, though. Did yeah. your dad always want a boat and he just never had one? So that's, it's like, that's, that's what I always wanted and you got that's, it. That's exact. I think that's exactly the case. I think that was exactly what kind of worked out. But um, it's just it's just hilarious how life kind of works out. But yeah, I mean, listen, man, it, it's uh, we can't shut it off. I'm sure we'll be 50 years old and we're going to try yeah. to figure out how to create content, produce content or make somebody else do the content for us. But it's just so freaking exciting to see something, to see numbers and see those numbers grow. Whether it's a video that's performing, a thumbnail, your click-through rate's going up, your audience retention is going up, and there's an endorphin release that I don't think a lot of people understand. No, and it's it's tough because it kind of comes at scale. It comes with scale. Yes. You still get a similar feeling as like you're growing at, at a at a pace when you're uh -huh. starting, but then there's like these like leaps where you're like, oh damn, this is bigger than the Dallas Cowboys football stadium, yeah. and then you're like, oh wow, this is as much as the home state I grew up in. Oh, wow. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like, you like compare I have it to, more, yeah. like the Oklahoma city has like 600,000 people in it. I have over a million. I have more than twice as many people from the town that I was growing up in that are subscribed to me. Oh my God, dude. That's such a good, such, such an impressive uh, perspective on things. Yeah. Like if you were to walk around your hometown and imagine for every one person that you walk by has seen and subscribed to your content, not that they've seen it, they've subscribed to it and are still subscribed to it. Yeah, there's still a second person out there that that is the same way. It's a, you know what I mean? Hey, let me ask you it's this. Wild. Let me ask you this. Um, when you're recognized at whether you're at Home Depot or you're walking through Albertson, somebody's like, "Yo, Modern Bills, man, love your shit." Um, I, I think you have a, a a better way to re receive that than I. I 
it's it's because then nobody teaches you right so it's one thing no. if you're like no it's one thing if you're like uh you've been you've been playing football and you're you're you've ranked up at the professional league you, you've performed well in college like you've kind of been around this and you've seen how other players act and you're kind of okay don't do that you know when somebody asks for an autograph look like that or somebody wants a picture look like that you know don't do this but when we're shooting our own content from our houses, like essentially we're extroverts, but we're introverts, right? Like we're like, yes. we're at home cooking channel and now we're in public and somebody wants to stop and talk to you. You don't know. You're like, you start reading into things. You're like, okay, I, I gotta be really nice to them. I don't know how to drag this conversation out longer than, you know, a minute. Like, what do we do? Like, what, how do yeah. you do it? What's your thing? Yeah. I mean, I don't overstress it. That's, that's what I try and do with most things, but I always, uh, you have you started noticing the like I recognize you face? Yes. Yeah. Oh okay, yeah. Great. But it gets so in your a, head. It gets yeah. in your head. Oh, it like, does because they can have some false readings. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. you're like because you're loading up lumber and you see somebody like just pacing and looking from a distance. You're like, oh, okay. Do they know me and and watch the YouTube channel or they're just looking at something behind me? Maybe somebody who's parked yeah. in a cool car behind me. So you like you don't know. You're reading into it. It is. And so my approach to that, which seems to be effective. You know, like when you're dating girls and you're like, I'm just not going to be scared of rejection because that's yeah. what prevents most people from talking to females is like, oh, I don't want her to reject me. But if you're not affected by her rejecting you, then you just play the numbers and you're good. Yeah. It's that idea where when I see the recognize, I see that face or what I think is the like, oh, I recognize you face. I just make good, pleasant eye contact with them to uh -huh. where if they do recognize me and they're like, oh, that's that guy from Modern Builds. I watch him on YouTube. Like they get to make good eye contact with them. If it lingers, I give them a nod and they're like, Mike. And I'm like, yeah, what's up? Yeah, we dab yeah. up, give them like a good, you know, like just dab them up, high five, little shoulder hug or something like that. Uh -huh. And then it's just like small talk. You know, out here it's funny because everyone's got a project going on. Everyone's yeah. out here like working on some property or they're just some kind of artist. And so, you know, half the people steer the direction because they got things that they want to ask you. Other people aren't quite as extroverted. And so I just kind of like get to know them. Thanks, you know, be like, thanks a ton for the support. I appreciate you watching. But I just try to be super normal. I think everybody or I know it happens a lot whenever I do interact with people. They're like, dude, you are really chill. You're just super normal. And because yeah. and, that is the case. Everybody who's getting recognized is just normal. Um, especially if you're an influencer, because we're just at our house building and we're filming ourselves. Right, right, right. Yeah, I uh, we I was at Home Depot and I have you listened to Rogan's podcast about a year ago with Robert Oberst, the strong man. He's uh, he's yes, one, like, he's big dude. Big. Yeah, he's got, yeah, he's got the whole the, the merch is uh, uh, strong and sexy or something like that or strong and pretty. And uh, I ran I saw him at my local Home Depot hey. and I was like, oh, that's Robert Oberst. And uh, so he takes a turn and I'm like trying to like set it up where I can like run into him. And I ran into him and I was like, Robert is like, man, love your shit. And he goes, thanks, brother. He gives me a fist bump and it just super cool. Like he did. I think he's like trained to do this because like he just kept his body moving. He did. Yeah. He didn't delay. Yeah. So there's no opening for a conversation. He just like, thanks, brother. Gives me a fist bump and goes past. And so I get in my truck and I'm like all giddy and I get my phone out and I was like, I wonder if I can do a collaboration video with him or at the very least get him on the podcast. And so I'm like, I don't have a blue check mark on Instagram. So, you know, Me you neither. can't, yeah. you can't slide into people's DMS like that easily. 
and uh, and he's got like a million on Instagram. So I go and text him like, "Hey man, hi um." I'm, uh, you know, met you at a Home Depot here a couple of minutes ago, and uh, you know, like, uh, here's my following, whatever. Like, we'd love to do something together, and I sent that, and I thought to myself, I've never felt like this. Is this what people do? Do, oh, do other people feel this? You know what I mean? I know like, what you mean. Because it takes some balls to come up to somebody, and be like, hey, I like your stuff. I watch your stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. Do you ever get starstruck? I'll, okay, so you got so that is what that is. That was like a that little. Yeah, that's a yeah. mild starstruck moment. It, no, it, but to me, I felt like I was trying to. To me, it felt like I was in middle school or high school, and I'm walking up to the prettiest girl in school, trying to ask her out on homecoming oh, dance. Like that's, yeah. and I was a dork in school, dude. Like I was an introverted dork. I was a dork too, man. I relate, dude. I I relate. I wish I could speak like I can now. Back then, you know. Well, dude, I saw pictures of you in your earlier stages. Uh, yeah, you know, ch chubby Mike. And Bro, uh, I was listen, husky. <laughs> now you're a dimey dime, but dude, dude I'm 170 I, right now. I got, hell yeah. I got a, I have a visible four pack, 24 hours of the day. What is that? A banta weight? I don't know. 170. Well, well that's you, welterweight maybe. Welterweight. Two? Well, the thing is, is, like you're drinking the same tiger's blood that Ben's drinking. That guy always puts his dick right in my face on all of his shirtless pictures, underwear modeling, and I was like, dude, I'm triggered. I don't do any of that nonsense though. No? I don't do it. No, and I'll say it, Ben, if you're listening, that's nonsense. Because <laughs> <It's, but> it, <laughs> if you're going to post it and you can't handle some a uh, little bit of poking, then you shouldn't have posted it. But I'll tell you right now, listen, no one's following me to see me in my underwear, let alone see me without a shirt on. You know what I'm trying to say? I'll, so, I'll pay into his Patreon, man. I'll pay into his Patreon for that. But he's like, I was like, and I was teasing about it, and he's like, Bro, but like, but seriously, like he's like he and he's such an analytical guy. He's like, oh, you just got to cut out thirty-two percent of your daily carbon intake for about two weeks, and you'll get there. And I was like, you've broken it down to the science, bro. Dude, I'm telling you, I, I for the past two weeks, I've been doing one meal a day, and uh -huh. after four days, it became so normal. I got into the one meal a day, so I've been I've been doing two meals, the whole intermittent fasting for a couple of years, but then. I listened to the whole um, that that scientist that uh, uh, in terms of aging, right? He's he's yep, talking. I remember about, who it was on Rogan. Yeah, David something. Um, Sinclair. And, uh, Sinclair. David Sinclair. Uh, monster. Monster of a man. And uh, he was talking about one meal a day. And I, you know what? I'm gonna do the one meal a day. I got used to the one meal a day. Here's the problem. When it came to dinner, I would ravage. I would Ooh. ravage the food. And it almost, I mean, the amount of calories I was putting in, it was like, I might as well have been eating this whole time. And I did it for maybe a month or two, and I never saw any change in weight. So I was like, I guess Got I'll just it. go back to regular two meals a day and just intermittent fast. Yeah, because ultimately, you know, it's not only calorie restriction that is accomplishing losing weight. But if you're talking about like just an effective tool and cutting some body fat, yeah. Whatever way you can get to calorie restriction, whether it's a ketogenic diet, intermittent fasting and in different intervals or whatever it is, I think a lot of people put a lot of weight. They're like, ketogenic will make you skinny. But mm -hmm. I think they fail to mention ketogenic will make you eat about 60% less calories overall, and you'll just lose weight because of that. It's not It's like that causation correlation sort of right. argument that happens a lot. Yeah. Um, so if, that, if, it, if you can eat and do intermittent fasting twice a day, but still have less overall calories, then it would make sense that that is more effective. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm, the booze intake now, all of a sudden you're like, well, you're replacing your calories that you would have eaten with calories that you're drinking. Cause you're having an yeah. extra, extra glass of bourbon at night. You know, you're like, Oh, great. Or you're just so. drinking liquid 
liquid food throughout the day in natural light. Well, that's well for that. I mean, listen, you're being a patriot, right? You're supporting uh, American jobs. You're hydrating, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah. carbs, and carbs are there to sustain your energy. So, uh, listen, I think you're doing on, on you're on track. <laughs> Thanks, brother. <laughs> that's awesome news. That's really good news. Oh man, we dropped some knowledge on these people. We taught people about the efficacy of the vaccine. We've taught people about nutrition. We've taught people Dude, how. Okay, that, so. Okay. Okay, we're deep into this episode, right? Yeah. We've, we, I don't think we've said anything to offend anyone, but I no. think we've said enough things that people will be like, okay, this episode's not for me, right? So the people <laughs> that are going to click away have clicked away. Well, what do you think I, about this vaccine, dude? I know. We hit the vaccine pretty early. I think we hit the That's what I'm early. saying. Dude. <laughs> we should have saved it for towards the end, at least keep some of the people. But, you know, I think... We sabotage. We sabotage the watch time on this one with that vaccine talk. Well, you know what? I think Irene and I have cultivated. This is episode, I think, fifty-five, and uh, I think we've cultivated our audience to kind of from some of the stuff that's come out of my mouth. <laughs> I think yeah. we've cultivated a good audience for this. Dude, I imagine because I think sometimes about like if I had a show where it was me or me, and it wasn't the Modern Maker podcast with Chris yeah. and Ben. Yeah, I would be saying some reckless things, dude. But and that's, if you lived here, if you lived here, I swear you and I would have been doing some kind of podcast because together. You know, we the, would have two bears, one cave, bro. Two bears, one we would be kinging and stinging like no other. Oh, gang, gang, buzz, buzz, dude. And and it's and the thing is, is like the best part is like when both people are in the influencer space that you can both bring your audiences to it and yes. kind of weed out the people who are like, I'm only following you because you're you know you're remodeling houses, and there's other people who's like. I want to just hang out with you. And I think this is what yeah. we wanted to create. Man, I think if we were in person, we would for sure have a really fun show because I got hot takes on things, but I don't really share them because I, I don't really ask it of other people that that's not mm -hmm. what I'm following them for. So I don't really do it myself. Um, yeah. But it would be fun. And I know it would be, it would be exhilarating to have yeah. a show where that's what that was for. And the, oh, and only, the people watching that knew that, what that, that's what that show was for. And like I said, the, the, the evolution of podcasting, like I'm, we're, we're not monetizing this yet. Although what's nice is when you have a following on other platforms, by the way, a shout out again to Ben. He's the guy that put me on Facebook and he's like, dude, you can monetize your videos now. And it's Oof. blowing YouTube money out of the water. You know what Just I mean? Just getting a nice extra six figures a year off that. No big oh, deal. God. Papa got himself a Porsche. All right. Enough said. Hey, you already, <laughs> hey, we got the, hey. I bought a couple of cars the same week you bought a car. That's you, funny, dude. Well, dude, you did such a baller move that, like, as an adult child or as adult kid. As, as an adult a, child. As no, an we adult are both child. adult child. That's yeah. both of us. <laughs> <laughs> We're you, both adult children. You bought – you did such a gangster move. You surprised your dad with a Corvette. Yo, that was, that was insane. Dope. It was bucket list. I wanted to get a car for myself. And I am not in a place where I'm going to be responsible enough to get a really nice Porsche like what you have. And so I was looking anywhere. I was looking under 20 grand. I wanted uh -huh. something to have fun on, but also know that I, I didn't need to be precious with it. Uh -huh. And I was looking at all these cars. I was sitting here. I'm like, dang. I should just spend 10 on me, 10 on my dad. Because I saw the, the it's like a 72 Stingray Corvette in, in decent condition. But my dad's a real handy guy. It's like the perfect project for him to where... Off the trailer, it was running perfect, but he's got a lot of – he can do a lot to it still. Uh -huh. I was like, dang, this is the perfect fit for him. And then I found a car for the same price. I was like, dang it. Okay, instead of spending it all on me, I'll just split it half and half. But I got to but I got to surprise him and give him his car before I got mine. Uh-huh. 
dude, that feeling was in or right. I'm sorry, I said it the opposite. So yeah, I yeah, got yeah. my car, and then like the, the the same week, I was able to give him his. Dude, it was like 20 times more rewarding to spend the same amount of money and give it to him. It was so fucking wild. It was the boat moment, dude. It was yeah. the boat moment oh, where, okay. yeah, my dad has been like, "Hey, good job, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad." Like, I can tell my dad is proud of me, and I know that my dad is happy that I'm doing things that uh, are fulfilling to me and all these sort of things. But there was this moment where it was like, uh, dude, I did for him what he was planning on doing kind of when he was retiring. You know what I mean? Like over uh-huh. the course of the next eight years, it would be cool if I could pick up one of these cars and mess with it and like make it really dope. But I got to like put that on the fast track for him. And damn, he didn't really know how to handle the emotions. I didn't know how to handle the emotions, but it was really fucking sick. Dude. Well, it was it's, so it's, dope. it's a, it's a, it's, it's, I have, um, as a dad, I, I, I cry a lot the older I get now and I cry because of my children, because I'm always right. like sentimental about stuff now. And I have this line that I always say is I am always building towards these like, uh, a deathbed memories, right? So like whether oh. it's a tattoo that you have and it symbolizes something, but like, I imagine that if you live a, a long life and you die, a you know, a, a peaceful death, that's not a surprise. I'd imagine you're old and you're laying there and all you want to do is remember what you experienced in your life. Yeah. And I think a memory like that is is a deathbed memory where you're just going to be there and be like, oh, man, I remember when the world questioned me and I came up on top and I was I did so well for myself that I was able to buy my dad a freaking sports car. Yeah, man, it was cool. But man, I don't even know where to go from there. But it was it was cool. There was something I was going to say about it, but at this point, I don't think yeah. I need to get into it. Well, yeah. I, I don't. I don't think there's anything we could say after that. I mean, that's just that's just like that was, man, that was freaking dope. That was dope to watch you do that too, because I was like, man, like the the amount of respect that I like, I I'm give like I, I I'm like you have of mine is 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 through the roof because like that's a uh, we don't all have opportunities to do something like that, and right. when you can do when some when one of yours can do that, you're like, damn, all right. All right, and that's what it is like you having kids you're looking at that you're like damn i want to be a dad so that they want to like if they can do some shit like that that they want to do that you know yeah yeah for sure i got real lucky man i had like i had a like my dad's tough you know in the way that i appreciate because i work hard now um but you know like he was yeah like he was tough he was never in a position to do anything like that but he was an amazing dad. Like I couldn't have asked for a better dad. And so it's like, this is the only way I guess I could have really showed it in a way that's like concrete, you know, but he was actually surprised, which was the really cool part. He had zero, zero idea going into it. And we were driving past the, the house that the car was at. And all the time we just kind of like point out cool cars to each other. Cause I like knowing the things he likes and he likes knowing the things that I like. Cause Mm -hmm. some things we match on other things were complete opposites on. So it always makes a good conversation. But he goes, oh, man, that's a nice Corvette right there. And then as we're going, I'm like, in my head, it's going a million miles an hour. I'm like, wait, did he know? Uh And I'm like, yeah, that is cool. You know, I'm just kind of like, and then I kind of got in my head. I'm like, all right, that's it. That's yours. That's what we're here for. He's like, no. And like, I remember the moment so perfectly where it switched from like, no, to like, it, it sunk like that moment where it sunk and it hit his face and it was just like, what? Oh, and then from there, it was just all excitement. It wasn't even tears. It was all excitement. And yeah. then, you know, it was all hugs and all happy. It was amazing. So yeah, if anybody can do anything that's, you know, it's, 
it's not even money, dude. It can be effort. It could be yeah. thoughtfulness. It's not anything in particular about my dad was happy that I spent this many dollars. It was right. just the thought right. and the gesture and everything. But the man, closest, I'll tell you what, it was sick. Yeah, the closest thing uh, I ever got to feeling like that was uh, last December we decided to do like one of those like random acts of kindness videos and oh we, yeah we put out a thing about like hey is there a local mom that's like single mom that's like busting her butt off and like deserves a w and yep. so like a bunch of people like nominated certain people we picked one and i built a uh, a custom farmhouse dining table it was and, good too and then thank you and then irena she bought all the the settings and the dishes and the decor staged it we showed up to the house her girlfriends who set this up like explained what happened and uh and then like she was blown out of the water had the reaction and then on top of it like gave him like a thousand bucks cash for the kids as like christmas presents and like we all documented and like we came out and kyle did a fire job editing that like it was, it was such a perfect setup and like we left that and i looked at irene i was like that had to be like if, can we do that for the rest of our life can we just experience yeah. moments like that so and that's the part where I know that there's this like YouTuber thing where like people get real critical of giving things away because there's people that do it in a real selfish and like self-rewarding way. Yeah. But I remember when you posted that video and I just thought like, dang, it's a genius idea for content, of course. But yeah. I was just like, dude, what a good idea mm -hmm. in the way yeah. that it, it serves everything because we're all forced to make good videos. Like you can't make a video unless it's a good idea. Yeah. But this was so cool in the way that you were able to actually do something charitable yeah and then you also did the thing was that a friend of yours that was in the service like while he was deployed or something you surprised yep. him and he came yep. back yep 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 exactly that yeah. was well, so rad like all yeah. those ideas man like yeah it's good for the content of it but that's not the reason to be doing it no it's just kind of like again we have the best jobs in the world where again brands pay us money to do whatever we want right and that's it, it. it it just so happens that whatever we want what's working for our channel is building things or remodeling things. And you're like, well, why can't I do that for somebody else? Like the only inconvenient factors is like, I have to be at their place if it's like I'm remodeling their bathroom or something. But like, apart from that, like there's really no, like nothing's out of my pocket, like yeah. except my time, you know? So it's like, you kind of like, how do we make a world maybe a little bit better place? And so, you know, things like that. Yeah. And that's, Dude, that's what we're all trying to do anyways. Like, I, you have that in your videos. Like, mm -hmm. there is a fundamental base layer of just positivity and just saying we're going for it. Yep. Where, you know, the more content that gets made that way, I think it's a good thing because everything's dark and we're living in a dark reality. Yeah. So if we can have more content where there's some light to it, I think that's a really good thing. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, hey, Mike, man, this – dude – I love every time you're on the podcast and I Big think time. we're going to, we're going to get you. And I appreciate that you're filling in too. Cause this was like a last minute thing. Our guy, do you want to put the person on blast who it was supposed to be? Can we call him out right now? Yeah. 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 Let's do it. So uh, his, uh, his, it's man spot. He's a, uh, uh, come uh, on. Yeah. Yeah. Huge following though. Okay. Huge, <laughs> huge Patriot. Uh, no, he's, he's a great guy. He's just always super busy, but, um, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll reschedule, but, um, yeah, we'll we'll have to make these a regular things. We'll call it like a hot takes with Mike, <laughs> Mike and Alex. I would be down, man. Eventually, we'll just start our own little sideshow. I would there you go. like. I know we're joking around about yeah, it, but if yeah. there's ever a situation in the future where it does make sense, yeah. I'm a thousand percent open to it. Same. And just same. so you know, this is exactly how the Modern Maker podcast got formed too. Is yeah. I was just on an Instagram live, and Chris Salamone goes, "Hey, you ever think about doing a podcast?" And I go, 
well, I would if we can loop Ben into it. And so uh, I pitched it to Ben, and he said yes, and then we just started shooting the shit. I so love it. Whenever, whenever it makes sense, man, we can push some buttons on the oh, internet. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, and I think for one of these, we definitely like, – we got to put something on the books. You and Ben fly out here. Yes, um, We'll absolutely. do a, a weekend at the cabin. We'll take the boat out, maybe even skiing this, this winter. We'll take it to the sauna, and then we'll do a live podcast, and it'll be awesome. Awesome, brother. Well, I appreciate you having me on. I'm honored to be the first repeat guest. Heck if yeah. anybody doesn't follow me already, I'm at Modern Builds on Instagram, on YouTube. You can find me there. But more importantly, just go watch Mr. Build It. Hey, thanks for watching our Next Door Neighbors podcast. And be sure to capture the full episode anywhere podcasts are streamed and including our YouTube channel, Next Door Neighbors.